Part One, Chapter Four of the Secret City. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Secret City by Hugh Walpole. Part One, Chapter Four. It should be obvious enough then that they hailed their approaching separation with relief. Bowen had been promised by one of the secretaries at the embassy that rooms would be found for him jerry intended to hang out at one of the hotels the astoria was he believed the right place i shall go to the france for tonight bowen declared having lived it would seem in petrograd all his days look me up old man won't you jerry smiled his slow smile i will he said so long we will now follow the adventures of henry he had in him i know a tiny tiny creature with sharp ironical eyes and pointed springing feet who watched his poses, his sentimentalities and heroics with affectionate scorn. The same creature watched him now as he waited to collect his bags and stood on the gleaming steps of the station, whilst the porters fetched an Ivoschik, and the rain fell in long thundering lines of steel upon the bare and desolate streets. "'You're very miserable and lonely,' the creature said. "'You didn't expect this.' "'No, Henry had not expected this.' and he had also not expected that the Izvoschik would demand eight roubles for his fare to the France. Henry knew that this was the barest extortion, and he had sworn to himself long ago that he would allow no one to do him. He looked at the rain and submitted. After all, it's wartime, he whispered to the creature. He huddled himself into the cab, his baggage piled all about him, and tried by pulling at the hood to protect himself from the elements. He has told me that he felt that the rain was laughing at him. The cab was so slow that he seemed to be sitting in the middle of pools and melting snow. He was dirty, tired, hungry, and really not far from tears. Poor Henry was very, very young. He scarcely looked at the Neva as he crossed the bridge. All the length of the quay he saw only the hunched, heavy back of the old cabman and the spurting, jumping rain the vast stone grave-like buildings and the high gray sky he rode through the red square that swung in the rain he was thinking about the eight roubles he pulled up with a jerk outside the france hotel here he tried i am sure to recover his dignity but he was met by a large stout eastern-looking gentleman with peacock feathers in his round cap who smiled gently when he heard about the eight roubles and ushered henry into the dark hall with a kindly patronage that admitted of no reply the france is a good hotel and its host is one of the kindest of mortals but it is in many ways russian rather than continental in its atmosphere that ought to have pleased and excited so sympathetic a soul as henry i am afraid that this moment of his arrival was the first realization in his life of that stern truth that which seems romantic in retrospect is only too often unpleasantly realistic in its actual experience he stepped into the dark hall, damp like a well, with a whirring, snarling clock on the wall and a heavy glass door pulled by a rope swinging and shifting, the walls and door and rack with the letters shifting too. In this rocking world there seemed to be no stable thing. He was dirty and tired and humiliated. He explained to his host, who smiled but seemed to be thinking of other things, that he wanted a bath and a room and a meal. He was promised these things but there was no conviction abroad that the france had 
gone up in the world since henry bohun had crossed its threshold an old man with a grey beard and the fixed and glittering eye of the ancient mariner told him to follow him how well i know those strange cold winding passages of the france creeping in and out across boards that shiver and shake with walls pressing in upon you so thin and rocky that the wind whistles and screams and the paper makes ghostly shadows and signs as though unseen fingers moved it there is that smell too which a russian hotel alone of all the hostelries in the world can produce a smell of damp and cabbage soup of sunflower seeds and cigarette ends of drainage and patchouli of in some odd way the sea and fish and wet pavements it is a smell that will until i die be presented to me by those dark half-hidden passages warrens of intricate fumbling ways with boards suddenly rising like little mountains in the path behind the wainscot one hears the scuttling of innumerable rats the ancient mariner showed henry to his room and left him henry was depressed at what he saw his room was a slip cut out of other rooms and its one window was faced by a high black wall down whose surface gleaming water trickled the bare boards showed large and gaping cracks there was a washstand a bed a chest of drawers and a faded padded armchair with a hole in it in the corner near the window was an icon of tinsel and wood a little round marble-topped table offered a dusty carafe of water a heavy red plush bell-rope tapped the wall he sat down in the faded armchair and instantly fell asleep was the room hypnotic why not there are stranger things than that in petrograd i myself am aware of what walls and streets and rivers engaged in their own secret life in that most secret of towns can do to the mere mortals who interfere with their stealthy concerns henry dreamt he was never afterwards able to tell me of what he dreamt but it had been a long heavy cobwebby affair in which the walls of the hotel seemed to open and close black little figures moving like ants up and down across the winding ways he saw innumerable carafes and basins and beds the wallpaper whistling the rat scuttling and lines of cigarette ends black and yellow moving in trails like worms across the boards all men like worms like ants like rats and the gleaming water trickling interminably down the high black wall of course he was tired after his long journey hungry too and depressed he awoke to find the ancient mariner watching him he screamed the mariner reassured him with a toothless smile gripped him by the arm and showed him the bathroom paja luista said the mariner although henry had learnt russian so unexpected was the pronunciation of this familiar word that it was as though the old man had said open sesame end of part one chapter four